2: Yo, yo, KJ Podcast, my people. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope it was great. You got full, had some laughs with family. Now it's back to reality. Same with the 49ers. I wish we were talking about a Jimmy G five-game win streak and Kyle's brilliant play calls and how John Lynch nailed the draft class. Things change in a hurry in the NFL, and we're finding that out in San Francisco. We're going to unpack the entire Reuben Foster situation, A to Z, how he got drafted onto the team, what transpired, and what's the aftermath. How do the 49ers learn from this? Is there ways to correct this? And I don't know. Is this team in trouble? We have to evaluate all angles. Is one player really going to stunt the entire rebuild? No, but this is a big effing deal. And you're being a homer... Or you're letting things slide, or you've been sipping the Kool Aid too much on Kyle and John Lynch, if you're not going to be tough on them, a first round pick, Ruben Foster, is off the team in less than two seasons. Johnny Manziel lasted two seasons. Justin Gilbert in Cleveland lasted two seasons. Justin Blackman lasted a couple seasons with DUIs. Ruben Foster was a flame out. We're going to get to everything about that situation. Kevin at bluewirepods.com. Shoot me an email. You want to be a producer? a designer. You want to help us market this thing. You just want to say what up and we'll have a conversation. I appreciate it. I think Blue Wire one day is going to be a big deal. We're going to be in cars and competing with sports radio. So the more listeners we get, the bigger this thing can grow. I'm hoping we're at 30, 40, 50 podcasts sooner than people think. Appreciate all the support so far. Let's dive right in. Obviously, this is one of the darkest days so far for the Kyle and John Lynch regime. They're hired in January of 2017. One of their first big draft picks, Reuben Foster. He comes out there. His opening press conference is electric. He's got this vibrant personality about him. Tells a story about how the Saints called him. And he hung up the phone because he wanted to go to the 49ers. He wanted to be the next Patrick Willis. He showed signs. I mean, Greg Cosell came out and said, this is one of the most talented players in the draft. I believe the hype. The talent was there. I think his personality too, like he's a good teammate. I don't think he's a bad teammate either. This was a wiring in his brain where he thinks it's okay to have physical altercations with women. Alyssa Ennis, the facts we have so far is they were involved in another dispute. This is the same woman from the arrest in the winter of 2018. If this woman is setting him up again, it's his fault that he's getting put in this position. I don't feel bad for him. If he's putting his hands on a woman, he just has a lack in judgment. And that's a lack in judgment from John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan that doing all their homework pre-draft, they couldn't identify that Ruben Foster was going to be a problem. This is their biggest mistake so far. Make no ifs ands or buts about it a first round pick is no longer on the football team because he he hit women repeatedly and they weren't able to tell this Ruben foster i guess is some secret closet monster that when you push his emotional buttons he loses control of himself kyle and john lynch didn't flag it he was not on many people's draft boards. For someone that talented to fall to 31, I get it. John Lynch thought this was going to be his Warren Sapp, his Randy Moss moment. He's going to deliver a star. The rest of the league didn't want to take a chance on it. Foster would have eventually been drafted. Look, The Saints were lining up. Someone was going to take the chance on him. In a different environment, could he have succeeded? I don't know. We can't say one way or the other, but this is a total disaster I don't think he gets claimed on waivers Tuesday will be the deadline because it's just such a bad look for someone to pick someone fresh off another domestic violence thing. This was his first one, the 49ers cut, and maybe a team does. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think it's at least a week or two, and then some playoff needy team does throw him on the roster because it's the NFL. It's It's unacceptable. Foster could be facing a year-long suspension next year. At least six games. I don't know the full rules. I don't think anyone does with Roger Goodell, but just a a nightmare scenario. Can't say it's totally unexpected. When I saw that report come down, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Another negative headline with Ruben Foster. 49ers had no choice. They waited a few hours to gather the facts. Obviously, Kyle and John Lynch didn't sleep well. Kyle's the head coach of the team. He's dealing with this all night. Has to address the players in the morning. That's the crazy part. Foster gets arrested, goes to jail. Most of the 49ers players, I think, are unaware until they wake up next morning. Obviously, they get on Twitter. They're going to see things. People are going to text them. Who really cares about this Buccaneers loss? 27-9. The 49ers were due for a bad game. We'll break down the game, the second half of this podcast. But, yeah, just unpacking things. Right up front, Ruben Foster was super talented. The 49ers made a big mistake gambling on him. It was the number 31 overall pick. I've got people on Twitter saying, hey, Solomon Thomas is the bigger bust. He doesn't have talent. He's on the field. It doesn't even matter. You can't tell he's there. It's apples and oranges at this point. It'd be okay to take a risky pick on Ruben Foster if your other draft picks were panning out, and that's the big problem here. The 2017 class is... For the most part, a miss. Salma Thomas, invisible. Ruben Foster, cut. Akilah Weatherspoon, he got hosed on a PI call today. We're not going to keep going over this every week. He shouldn't be starting at all next year. If he's on the team, it's fine. Obviously, you've cut Joe Williams. C.J. Bethard might be starting again in December. Who knows how long this Mullins thing is going to last. The bottom line, besides George Kittle, the 2017 class is a disaster. Kittle does not absolve the bad picks. You're supposed to have good picks in front of Kittle as well. Brita does not absolve things. Don't be such a big homer that you can't look at the facts here. And players the 49ers drafted are not impact players. And now they have a hole at middle linebacker. Shout out to Fred Warner. I mean, we're going to get into their hits and misses fully, starting with Brian Hoyer and stuff. But I want to address how this changes things moving forward. I think this is the biggest piece of the puzzle. How do you fix this in 2019, 2020? Make sure you don't get Ruben Foster's on your football team. Make sure you're identifying things pre-draft correctly. Straight up, I think the biggest thing coming from the Foster thing is now there's going to be some internal strife. If there's not fighting after this, if there's not finger pointing, then you get to the Chip Kelly 2016 thing. People don't care enough. There there should be outrage inside in John Lynch's office and Adam Peters. How do we not figure this out? What morsel or shred of evidence could we have discovered? We took the chance on his shoulder. Other teams, I think, were able to do more digging that this guy had an incident at the Combine, that Nick Saban was able to keep him in line when he could control his every minute. In the NFL, you can't control someone's every minute. People were able to pick up on this clue because Reuben Foster fell to 31. It wasn't all shoulder for everyone. There are Half the teams in the league will take medical chances. Half won't. He fell to 31 for some pretty obvious reasons the 49ers missed. I loved his personality, too. I had a couple one-on-one interviews with Reuben. They got fooled a little bit. John Lynch thought, oh, Salma Thomas, great guy, was in the classroom with him. I, I know he's going to work hard. We'll make him into a good player. Reuben Foster, ah, you know what? Maybe... You know, he flirts a little bit with the law. Maybe he makes, you know, we can't trust his judgment, but he's a great person to have in the locker room. There was too many exceptions made here. It's crazy how people's personalities play into the NFL. It's a reality show in this way, but Reuben Foster's personality of being aggressive towards women impacted this franchise. And the 49ers did not pick up on it. Um, so moving forward, yeah, they're going to have to figure out who... Got this wrong. How do we correct this? What protocols can we put in place to make sure we don't have colossal busts because of their personality? Um, they have five draft picks next year, as I said. They have less trade leverage now moving forward. I'm going to argue like they, they're in the market to trade for a Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey keeps running his mouth. I don't know if Tom Coughlin wants him there. And I don't think Jacksonville will take a second-round pick this year and a first next year because the Niners aren't going to trade a top-three pick for Jalen Ramsey, no chance. Um, so, yeah, trading is going to be interesting for the Niners. They they kind of have their hands tied behind their back with just five picks, even though they're only missing a fifth and a seventh. Those can be thrown in, and now if you trade another pick, you only have four draft picks. You need all of these. Teams kind of know the Niners aren't as savvy now. They've seen them miss pretty hard on some draft picks. really think moving forward, the best thing for the Niners this season with their remaining schedule is to lose out. Kyle will never say that. John Lynch will never say that. They might be going to Jed York behind closed doors thinking, look, 2-14 is on the table here. We got to be realistic. We know we're not getting fired two years into a six-year contract. You, you want to pick higher in the draft. So I think they have a hush-hush with Jad. They're not going to be tanking, but you're not going to be able to win games with Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard at quarterback with the defense playing this poorly with really the only playmakers on the team that are consistent week-to-week are Kittle, Breda, and I want to say Richard Sherman, but he got beat a lot by Mike Evans today. What you see on the field is a product of Reuben Foster as a miss, Solomon Thomas as a miss, Akilah Weatherspoon as a miss, if those guys were hits, this defense isn't as bad. They're on the football field and you can count on them and they're playmakers. Even if they're average, how about one big game from Solomon Thomas a year? How about you know three or four sacks in a season instead of one? The people who are saying, ah, it's okay, like there's, there's plenty of time, they'll, they'll, they'll keep getting it right. They're partly bad because they've been getting it wrong already. Year three is next season. How much would Jimmy Garoppolo cover for this? Probably a lot. I actually think the biggest thing from 2019 on is who is evaluating defensive talent? Who has final say? If it's too much of a collaborative effort as it is now with John Lynch saying, okay, this is my guy. Peter saying, this is my guy. I don't think you bring in someone above them, but there's got to be someone evaluating defensive talent who has a has a different skill set, different set of eyes. I'm going to keep hammering, hammering this point home as I've hammered Tom and Thomas isn't the right fit. A killer spoon was not going to be good. This is the point I'm going to make. I don't think they're going to do it this offseason either. And then if they miss on another draft pick in the first round that's on defense, they will be on the hot seat. Nick Bosa comes in here and isn't good. Even if he's the consensus number one overall pick, they will be on the hot seat. That's the bottom line. If if they don't get six wins with Jimmy G next season, year four, they're going to be in trouble if they start out poorly. I don't think it gets there. I'm trust the Shana plan. I think Kyle has the offense fine. But the Reuben Foster situation has put the microscope on this team. It was La La and Candyland, and we we're going to just let them pass through this. But all of a sudden, you just had a Johnny Manziel situation with one of your first-round picks. I don't care if it was number 31. I don't care. It was a high asset. One of the first players you acquired in the regime. Yeah, you missed. Yeah, you can, you can live with it. If the rest of your draft picks were good, you could live with it. They're not. And it's a consistent theme. And it's a problem. And moving forward, I would expect Jed or someone to interject and say, do we need another person in here looking at talent? And John Lynch is a competitor. He's going to say, no, I got this. We can handle this. We have all the resources we need. I don't think there should be pushback to add to the front office. Then again, it is personalities. We just saw Reuben Foster's personality combust. Could another personality really push the buttons? Yeah, I think the number one thing from this to take away, there should be internal strife in the 49ers building right now. Not irreparable damage. Not damage so bad that Everyone hates each other, but there should be some sourness and some bitterness over blowing an asset like this. This could have been Alvin Kamara. This could have been a really good player. They could have said, you know what, we can't do Foster there. It's so tempting. He could be so good in this Seattle scheme. We need linebackers. And Ruben did play pretty damn well last year too. Like, It wasn't a talent thing. He had the talent, he was never healthy, and his head was screwed on backwards when he got with women. Specifically, Alyssa Ennis. Who knows, if this woman made this thing up and hurt herself, And it's hard to even believe it, but Reuben Foster should not have had contact with her. He should have called 49ers security. He could have handled this a better way. His judgments poor. We're past that part. It sucks. I don't feel sorry for him because... Even if there's rumors of violence with women, then you put yourself in a bad situation. You're, you're supposed to be a star of the 49ers defense. The next Patrick Willis is what you called yourself, bro. God damn, this is frustrating. I tell you, we put so much time and energy. And the Buccaneers game, of course, the entire team is flat. News that a spark plug is leaving your locker room. Man, this guy's really kind of a bad guy, even though he's a good teammate. It puts just the 49ers in a weird position. Yeah, we'll transition. Just talk some about the game. You know what? No, I was gonna do. I'm gonna do some of the right and wrong decisions. Obviously, the Brian Hoyer decision was incorrect. They could have drafted Pat Mahomes. They they could have done something in the top there. Kyle didn't want to roll the dice year one. He wasn't in love with anyone. Now they ended up getting Jimmy G because of Brian Hoyer. So you can say, eh, whatever. Letting Eric Reed walk is not looking like a good decision now. They don't have any safety depth. It's been an issue every week. Now Jimmy Ward's broke his forearm. Eric Reed could have helped this football team. John Lynch has conservative views. He loves the national anthem. I don't know. I think he's impartial enough to say to separate that. And Kyle said they were willing to bring back Eric Reed for the minimum. Why why play that game when you have so much cap room? They should. Eric Reed should be on this football team, even though he's not a great player. He's depth and. It's not like Anton Exum is going to be a building block for the future here. Not addressing pass rusher Akilah Witherspoon. I'm not going to really penalize him for failed 6th and 7th round picks, but like P to T. DJ Jones really isn't doing that much for you to rave about him. Too early to tell in the 2018 class. Besides, we love McGlinchey. Thank God for Dante Pettis today. The game wasn't entirely wasted. He had a Amazing touchdown. I think he went four catches, 77 yards. Touchdown in the slot. His footwork burnt the corner there. Yeah, so, I mean, they've gotten right things as well. Jimmy G fell into their lap. Their lap. McGlinchey, Fred Warner, George Kittle was right. Richard Sherman was right. Yeah, and it's too early to tell right now on Pettis, Colbert, Trent Taylor, Tarvarius Moore. It's too early to tell. I don't know, though. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it was mostly unwatchable against the Buccaneers. Nick Mullins was under duress all day. Sacked, I believe, four or five times. Hit while he was throwing. He threw two picks. Wasn't absolutely horrible. Like, they moved the football a little bit. He threw for 221 yards. Touchdown to Pettis. They moved the ball in the third quarter there and got stuffed on the goal line. Breda got stuffed. Nick Mullins got stuffed on a QB sneak. They challenged, no good. Then they're going for it on fourth and one, then a false start. That was the season in a nutshell right there. Getting on the goal line, using Matt Breida to move down the field. Offense looks like, all right, actually, they're going to fight with the Bucks. Nope, they weren't able to do it. Even worse than the offense kind of sputtering was the defense not being able to get a takeaway against a Tampa Bay team who is the worst turnover team in the effing league. I think Matt Barrows tweeted out, the 49ers are on pace for the least interceptions since the 1982 Houston Oilers. The Houston motherfucking Oilers is the last team that couldn't intercept the ball like this. Not good. Richard Sherman got burned today. The more I think about it, if this team is picking number one overall, Are they willing to call Robert Sala a scapegoat? Are they willing to push someone out here in a prominent role where they say, yo, we have not been good enough. We need some type of bigger change. Maybe they play the same scheme, but they actually bring in a different coordinator to call it. I don't know if Gus Bradley will be available. I don't think Dan Quinn's getting fired in Atlanta. He's kind of been re-upped recently with a contract. Not sure what happens there, but defensively, it's not good. I get it. The Buccaneers were number one in passing offense coming into this. Their offense really hasn't been the problem this year. Todd Monken is a a good coordinator down there. Fitz has been having success. But to not get any turnovers either, kind of let them have their way in the running game as well. Buckner had his sack. Fred Warner had a couple plays. And then it was mostly nothing. And that's the point here. They don't have star power on defense, bottom line. Ruben Foster was supposed to be a part of that in the future, and it's not going to happen. Yeah, Fred Warner's here. That doesn't absolve the missed Ruben Foster pick. You guys got to stop saying, all right, they have these hits and these misses. The misses have been bigger than the hits in the draft so far. This team has had two shocking cuts each year. Last year was Navarro Bowman when he started – Speaking out about his playing time, the Niners are like, you know what, we're not even going to deal with you. We're not that good. You're not that good. It's not even worth it to pit the fans against us. We're just going to remove you from the building, make it classy. This year, it's Ruben Foster, and it's explosive and messy. And is going to have ramifications in the front office, perhaps, we're bringing someone in. Because he wasn't on the field this year, the defense wasn't as good. It could lead to Robert Sala being pushed out. The ramifications from Reuben Foster busting and being cut are on the hands of everyone. And there's going to be some internal strife. There better be. The 49ers should not be a happy franchise right now with what's going on. I guarantee it. Yeah. You know, Kyle doesn't want the mood in the building to be terrible. But they've got to figure out why they got this wrong. Or identify the gamble they took and now... It puts the future of the rebuild in question if you can't get draft picks correct. And I'm talking someone coming in and playing pretty damn average like Colbert did last year. You're not asking for people to be superstars and change a league. Just come in and contribute some. They're not getting that from the 2017 class. 2018 class too early to tell. They're getting it from McGlinchey and a few. Kittle... You're the man. You get jet sweeps as a tight end. Get in the football any way possible. Nick Mullins, is he going to start? I guess he will at Seattle. If he's a disaster there, maybe you flip back to Bethard at home. I'm not totally into flipping back to Bethard, but then again, maybe you do. Maybe you make this a competition at the end and really settle on one guy. If I had to pick backup QB for next season, I, I need to see Nick Mullins one more time. You give me four games of him, listen, C.J. Bethard only got blown out once against the Rams. This team was in a lot more of the games, even though he played poorly. It's like you're the pitcher of a baseball team. I mean, you're kind of in control of one side of the field if you're the quarterback. If the game's close, it still does fall on you, even though it's not fully you. So that'll be something to watch going forward. How does the football team respond? Kyle's going to challenge them to win. They have one of their tougher games coming up. Seattle is rolling. They just beat Carolina on the road. Now they're coming home to a third-string quarterback. Their defense is making plays, getting stops at the right times. Russell Wilson's balling out. Um, Yeah, this could be another ugly one next week. It could be a similar score, like 27-9. At the end of the day, like I've said, it's not the worst thing for the 49ers to lose out for John Lynch and Kyle to not be in the position to screw up the draft pick, to have the consensus number one overall. It's probably going to be Nick Bosa. If they do screw that up, they're still going to be in trouble for it, but they'd rather have, I think, the number one overall pick and be in control here as a motorcycle like races behind me, San Francisco, California. I'm sad that I never saw this town hopping and jumping for a Super Bowl. When this team was dominating earlier in the decade, I was covering the Redskins at the time. I want to see what this city would look like when the football team is one of the best in the league. Right now, they are one of the worst in the league. Next year, with Jimmy G, they'll be in the middle of the league. And then you hope year four, they make the leap into being a top 10 team. I'm going to be shocked if they're a top 10 team next year winning a first round playoff game. There's a lot to be done to the roster. Maybe their draft picks come in. I think the problem, too, with Solomon Thomas and Akilah Witherspoon, for those of you who are like, how could you be writing them off yet? Like, how could you How could you say this is over with them? There's still so much time left. Normally in year two by Thanksgiving, there's there's been a light bulb game. There's been a game where you say, okay, I get it. That's what Solomon Thomas looks like. That's what he was supposed to do. Akilah Witherspoon maybe had a couple last year, but none in year two. You, you just can't waste an entire year three of these guys at critical positions, corner and edge rusher, and then suck and say, well, we were trying to let them figure it out. You've got to have answers available. You've got to have starters above them, and those guys are now your depth pieces because they're not good enough to be starters in the league on a good team. Some of you are too patient here. The NFL, look how quickly things have changed. Last year... This team was whooping up on Jacksonville, a team headed for the AFC Championship game. Talking shit, and Jimmy G looked amazing, and the D was getting picks, and Matt Brito was dominating. He still is. This year, the 49ers, Jimmy G's not walking through that door. They've been exposed, and they better be arguing inside Santa Clara to figure out what the F happened and what happens next. KJ Podcast, will leave you there. We'll analyze this more in the middle of the week. I'll have a guest on, haven't figured out who. Appreciate you. BlueWirePods.com. Listen to our others. Send them to your friend. He's a Pelicans fan. We Look at our team. I love the team we're building. Undraftable, really funny show. Kyle Mazin, Shrieky Shooter. Give our team a follow. All right, we'll talk to you again in the middle of the week. Peace.